Let's all stand together, open our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we'll read verses 3 through 6. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, whose the image of God should shine unto them, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But if our gospel be hid, it should not be hid. That is the light of the glorious gospel in a dark World, thank God for the light of the gospel. And many of you did not grow up in church. You remember a time in a dark place, in a dark home. This darkness permeates every area of the world which we live. And church, we see the darkness growing. It's not time to get angry at the darkness. It's time to determine to, in our hearts that we're just going to spread forth more light. The good thing about darkness is even a weak light is a bright light in absolute, utter darkness. The Bible says the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those of you that are sitting here, you've been saved. You've been introduced to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You look back in your homes. You remember the darkness of your childhood. You remember the darkness of your uh, home without Christ, whether that was uh, anger or drunkenness in the home. Uh, the, the craziness of life without God, drugs, alcohol, abuse, the cursing, the insanity that takes place uh, in any area of life without the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, darkness now permeates our schools, our government, our businesses. You don't have to go find a dark corner of this earth. It's everywhere. Many of you. Although you like what you do, you don't like the environment that you have to go to because you have people uh, sitting in darkness, blinded by the God of this world. And it's not, we talk about darkness and blindness. This is not something that is permanent, thankfully, or you wouldn't be here this, this morning. Amen? Amen? God's light permeated your heart. I remember years ago, Kim and I were in Tennessee and we went to a cave uh, down uh, below the earth and there was an underground lake and we got down there we were having a good time and then the guide said to all of us we want you to understand what utter darkness is we're going to turn off the light for 15 seconds 15 seconds in the utter darkness is not a pleasant thing now here's i went from having perfect vision to being utterly blind that's what real darkness does. Now, that doesn't mean it was permanent. As soon as the lights came back on in great relief, uh, once again, my vision was totally restored to its present perfect state. But here's what happens in the midst of darkness. You have a world that is so utterly without light. I think we need to be reminded this morning because they're stumbling and bumbling around and we get frustrated with the blindness that's found in this world and fail to realize that the only reason our life is any different, our world is any different, is because we know God, the creator of light. 
right? And he made, aren't you, aren't you glad you know God who, after creating the universe, stepped up and said, let there be light. And the lights came on. But I'm more thankful for the spiritual light than the physical light. I enjoy the light of day. I'm not one that, that enjoys the darkness of night. But the Bible says God is light in him is no darkness at all. That's good, but we're on the earth and we need uh, uh, something a little more personal. He sent his son, uh, Luke 179, says to give light to them that sit in darkness. Look what it says, verse 6. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath done what? He shined it in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge. Aren't you thankful for the light of the knowledge? You know what blindness is? This is man without God, without knowledge of Jesus Christ, without the Word. Spiritual blindness is actually the inability to comprehend or to digest spiritual truth. The absolute inability. Now, whether that's a family member, a co-worker, a neighbor, a friend, your logic, your reasoning, your intelligence, your ability to explain the principle is not going to turn the light on for them. Here's why Christians get frustrated. They live in a world that walks in total darkness and they're, they're using some other tactic. That, that, that flashlight has dead batteries. That, that light is simply not going to work. It's going to take the light of the knowledge of the glorious gospel. Why, why is it in life that there are so many that are, that are so adamantly opposed to anything that is Christian. How, how can you so diligently seek the death of the unborn? How can you cheer that? That takes absolute darkness. How, how can you live in a drunken stupor? How can you wake up with beer for breakfast? Meth. And it doesn't matter what it is. This world is in absolute darkness because they are incapable of comprehending spiritual truth. And to argue anything outside of the gospel makes no sense at all. Because the Holy Spirit's got to turn on a light in their heart. And the Bible says that comes with the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's why their lives are in total opposition. And we ought to expect that. They literally are blinded. And because we've been given light, we've experienced life in the light of Jesus Christ, we forget how dark the world's hearts and minds are. It's still shocking. When you hear them speak, when you see the way they live, when you understand it permeates philosophy and politics and lifestyle, everything they do is a result of absolute darkness and it's our responsibility to make sure they get the light of the glorious gospel it's a dangerous condition because they think they know where they're going in the darkness you cannot know where you're going this world thinks they're fine they think they know their destination some think they're actually going to heaven some think they're going to true success or happiness or whether it's in their marriage or their job, they think they know their destiny and they have it planned and plotted. But at the end of the day, when you're in absolute darkness, which causes blindness, 
You cannot even know where you're going. That's the world. And Paul's explaining this. Go back to Acts for a minute. If there's anyone that has the experience of blindness and can speak on the subject, it'd be the Apostle Paul. We know him as Paul, previous to his salvation. He was called Saul. But Paul's speaking of his own personal blindness, says in verse 9 of chapter 26, I verily thought with myself that I had to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus. He, in good conscience, diligently sought to exterminate the followers of the Lord Jesus Christ because of his blindness. He, he truly thought he was doing God a service. Verse 11, I punished them oft in every synagogue, compelled them. He literally would punish and persecute with the desire of watching them blaspheme the name of Jesus under such pressure and persecution. That can only be caused by blindness. But what happened, verse 12, whereupon as I went to Damascus. Verse 13, at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven. His darkness was about ready to be illuminated by the light of the glorious gospel. He said it, it wasn't a flashlight. It wasn't the sun. It was a light above. What, what light could be above the brightness of the sun? Come on, earthly speaking, there's no possible way that, Paul, this has to be an exaggeration. There is no exaggeration. There is only one light brighter than the sunlight. That is the S-O-N light, the sunlight that comes from heaven. The glorious gospel is about ready to shine on him. And when we were all fallen on the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me, saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest Thou, me, and look in the midst of all that religion. What's he saying? Verse 15. And I said, now hold on. He is meeting the Son of God face to face and does not know who he's meeting with. You know why? Darkness. Absolute blindness. Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus. But don't be shocked by the fact that he didn't recognize Jesus face to face. Because during Christ's earthly ministry, how many thousands met him and did not recognize him as Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, God in the flesh. Look what it says, verse 16. Rise, stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness. I have, now with your salvation, made you a bearer of that light. To do what? Delivering thee, verse 17, from the people, from the Gentiles, to whom now I send thee to... Look, here's the key, verse 18. To do what? Open their eyes. They have eyes. They have the capability of seeing. It's not permanent blindness. But to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of who? You've got to release them from the power of Satan who creates blindness unto God that they may receive the forgiveness of sins, the inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Now, Paul is, is talking about this subject, but he comes from a background of great darkness 
although religious, although convinced that he was seeing things perfectly, he would have argued with you adamantly, and we have a world out there that will argue adamantly because all they know is darkness. Matter of fact, the only people they feel comfortable around are others that are blind. They don't want to be around someone that sees. It's an aggravation to them. It's an irritation to them. It's opposition to their blindness, and they can't stand it. Now, what is the cause of their blindness? We saw right here in this verse that it says uh, to open their eyes, turn them from darkness light, from the power of who? Satan. What did Paul say back in our text? Verse 4, in whom the God, that is Satan, the God of this world, the present God, hath what? Satan hath blinded them. Now, the first thing we identify that blinds man is sin and Satan. Now, Satan doesn't have to do much because we all have a sin nature, and sin by nature blinds. It's, it goes beyond a blind spot. This is darkness that rests upon unsaved man that causes him to be totally blind, totally incapable, and Satan does it through lies. He is the father of lies. You know, you know what led you from darkness to light when you stopped believing Satan's lie? Whatever the lie was, the lie of you're good enough, the lie of baptism will take care of things, the lie of God would never send you to hell, the lie of you're a religious person, so you're probably okay. Whatever the lie was that you were believing that Satan had used to blind you, you were only made free by the light that destroyed the lie that you were believing. I think greater than the deceit, though, is the pride that Satan uses to blind people. Because people may believe the lie, but when they're introduced to the truth, their pride keeps them blind, where they say, I'm I'm not wrong. I I know my grandparents weren't wrong, and my great-grandmother, who taught my parents, who taught me, they were not all wrong, so... Obviously, whatever you're seeing in Scripture has to be wrong. Satan has used pride. That's what got him thrown out of heaven. And guess how he'll take you to hell? Satan will get you to stay proud. I can't believe the people that sit in church in pride refuse to... The pride of saying, I'm not going to raise my hand. Someone might see me raise my hand. How proud is man that he allows his future to be hell because the pride of someone seeing me raise my hand. Most sitting in here have been saved. You know what brought you to that moment of salvation? You were walking in darkness, and in humility you had to say, I'm wrong, I believed a lie, and Satan will get you to reject Bible truth. He'll get you to reject the Bible. His purpose always been, if, if this book is the light and lead you to truth and lead you to Jesus, then he's got to attack the source of light. Yes, sir. Yes. We, we understand. I mean, how most of you sitting here, from Genesis to Revelation, Satan uses the exact same tactic, tactic that he used with Eve. And hath God said, yea, hath God said, let's undermine the source of the light, the, the authority, the, the authenticity of God's word. And you know what people are going to do in this day and age? It's amazing how many so-called Christians now are attacking behind pulpits. This book and the source of light. And our churches, hold on for a minute. We, we can see it in a Mormon church or a Catholic church or a Presbyterian church, but it's taking place 
in Baptist churches where people are being blinded and you have a generation of young people growing up in a church setting, but they're blinded by their own pride and by the parents' pride because mom and dad say to them, oh, you, you made a prayer. You don't remember anything, but you trust me. You, when you were a little kid, you did this and you did that and you're okay. And there are parents so evil and so wicked that they would literally, to salvage their own pride, send their child to hell. That's evil on a different level. But Satan, the God of this world, hath blinded their eyes. So that sin nature that already exists, here all Satan does, he just stokes the, the, the flames of man's pride and deceit, and that way he can keep them blind until the last breath on this earth to make sure their eternal destiny is hell. And there are some sitting here this morning blinded because someone told them a lie. They told them a lie about their soul. They told them you're okay. They told them, you know what? If any man be in Christ, he's a what? So if you're not a new creature, you're believing a lie. You're blind. Well, I sat in church and I, I, I prayed this prayer and I did this and I, I, I've done that. None of that matters. What matters is that you have Jesus Christ in your heart, the Holy Ghost residing in you. And if you are not a new creature, you are not a child of God. If you're trusting in anything except Jesus Christ, you are not a child of God. You are walking in blindness caused by sin and by Satan. Now, look what it says. Uh, in chapter 3 because there's another source of blindness here (coughs) that I want to identify for just a minute. Chapter 3, verse 14. But their minds, speaking of the Jews, were blinded. For until this day remaineth the same veil, untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which is the veil, is done away in Christ. But even unto this day when Moses is read, the veil is what? It's upon their hearts. So it's not just the blindness of darkness. Can you imagine if, if Kim and I got down in that cave, they turned off the lights now. We're in absolute blindness. So I have eyes. I have the ability to see. I just don't have the light to allow me to see. And then the guide comes and says, you know what? Now I'm going to put a veil over your eyes and over your face. Just, oh, this is already complicated enough. I don't want a veil. I don't want darkness. I want the lights turned on. I want the, uh, the light of the sun. But here's what happens in the case of the Jews. Paul is reiterating the Jews. It's hard to believe that Jesus Christ came. God in the flesh came to them. Three and a half years. They're interacting with him. They're hearing him preach. He's, he's attacking their false religion. He's straightforward. There's I know he's spoken parables, but at the same time, it's very difficult to misunderstand the simplicity of what he's saying. Go back with me to Acts 26, where Paul was talking about his testimony. Look what Paul said in those initial verses. Religion blinds to an even greater degree. Religion is like adding veil to the face of someone that's already blinded. Verse 3, especially because I know thee to be an expert, speaking of Paul, uh, in all customs and questions which are among the Jews, 
Uh, I beseech you to bear me patiently. Now look what Paul says in his testimony. My manner of life, what's Paul saying? From my youth, he said, from the time I was a child, I was a religious man, which of the first among my own nation in Jerusalem know all the Jews which knew me from the beginning. If they would testify, here's what my friends, the religious crowd would say of me, that after the most straightest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. He said, if there's anyone that was religion, living a religious life, fulfilling all of the law, obeying every single one of the 613 commands, performance and duty and obedience and all of those things, and here's the problem. He was in absolute darkness, and then on top of that, the veil of religion. You know why it's so difficult to reach uh, the Jewish people? You have... Right now, one of the most difficult people in all the world to reach because they're steeped in laws. And what God set up in the Old Testament, uh, all of that which was symbolic of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, which would be fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ, they got so used to the rituals that when all that was pointing to Jesus, when he came, they held on to their rituals and rejected the Messiah. Now, you know what man is doing today? Holding on to their ritual. Because the church said. The church said, I need to be sprinkled. The church said, uh, I need to make this commitment. The church said, I need to do this. And if I do this, and in doing so, they rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's, Here's the problem. The veil... Of, of religion over the heart of the blind brings such absolute darkness, man can't even realize he's lost. When you go to witness to someone, you know what your frustration is, you witness to a religious person, you can't even get them lost. When you, when you say, are you lost? No, I know exactly where I am. I am, and if I'm in my car, I've got a GPS, and I've got my phone, and I'm, no, I'm talking about spiritually. Spiritually, what in the world? Who are you, Mr. Holy and Righteous, to look at me like I'm lost? I go to church, and I've been baptized not just for me, but for the dead. And I knock on doors and talk about Jehovah God, and I'm taking catechism classes. Who are you? The the veil brings absolute darkness. They, They don't understand anything about the cross. They have a man for it. Don't understand the meaning of the cross. It, I was missionary 15 years in Catholic countries. Here's what's so incredible about Catholics. They can walk you through the fact that Jesus Christ came and was born of a virgin and lived a sinless life, and then he died and he shed his blood, and then you'll say he died to do what? To save us from what? From our sins. And yet they can... Here's, here's the blindness of Satan. He wants you to actually know the Bible stories, quote Bible verses understand Bible principles, and yet not understand the gospel. That's the blindness, the darkness of this world, and then you add the veil of religion. And that's what Paul is addressing here. Paul is saying this world is walking around in absolute blindness, and Christians, we are getting frustrated with the, the, the blindness. In this world, you don't have to check. They're blind. Yes. You, you talk to them. You can't relate to them. 
you can't understand them. They can't understand you. You're dealing with absolute blindness. And here's what we do. We actually check and then get frustrated when they confirm they truly are blind. There's nothing they can do about their natural blindness, which is darkness. And then Satan comes behind to add further blindness to them. Religion comes, which never enlightens or never shines any light on the truth. It only makes their world darker. It only provides another veil on top of that. Now, here's, here's what it says, Romans 10. Look what, go to Acts 28 and Romans 10. Paul speaking of the Jew, those that were in darkness. Here's what I can understand. The, the veil of religion causes such extreme blindness that produces foolishness. Chapter Romans 10, verse 1, Brother, my heart's desire, pray to God for Israel, that they might be saved. We're talking about religious people. He said, I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, what are they doing? They're going about to establish their own right. This is man that says, you get saved by faith, but if you don't do this and you don't do that, and you won't. Here's what's so crazy. The same person that's trying to add works to salvation, their works would never win them a hot dog at the county fair, let alone salvation and entrance into heaven. But man continues in pride and blindness to establish his own righteousness and to beat his chest and say, I'm really a good person. Somebody needs to acknowledge that. They're going about to establish their own righteousness. They've not, what? Here's the problem. Blindness will not submit to the righteousness of God. Submitting to his righteousness says, there's nothing that I can add to God or his righteousness. Now, here's what Paul says about him. Go back to Acts 28. Paul, in his ministry, although called to the Gentiles, was always trying to reach the Jews. So everywhere he went, any city he would go to, he'd go to the synagogue first and preach to the Jews. It always got him in trouble because the Jews most would not respond to the gospel. They would simply get angry. They would stir up the unbelieving Jews and get Paul beaten, jailed, stoned, or run out of town. But despite that ritual, everywhere he, he couldn't help himself. He just had to go to the synagogue. And everyone already knew, his travel, traveling party already knew, this man's going to get us all in trouble. I wonder why Silas just didn't hide in the background and say, let Paul do his two or three, work, two or three weeks in the synagogue, let him get beat, let him get stoned. And when he gets thrown out of town, we can stick around and still preach. Because he knew how the Jews were going to respond. Now, why did they continuously respond to the gospel like this? Here's what he said. And now he's in Rome uh, because the Jews got to start up once again. And he's in uh, under house arrest, basically. But even under house arrest, guess what he has to do to the, <laughs> in Rome? Got to call the Jews together one more time. <laughs> Paul, just leave it alone already. <laughs> but no. So, verse 24, some believe that things are spoken, some believe not, which basically always happened. So when they agreed not among themselves... They departed after that Paul had spoken one word. Well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet, our father, saying, hold on for a second, go into this people and say what? Hearing, ye shall hear, shall not understand. Seeing, ye shall see, not perceive. For the heart of this people's wax gross. Their eyes are dull at hearing, their ears that they close, 
lest they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and should be converted. You know how many people will sit in churches all across this nation this morning, and some even here will address blindness, will speak very specifically, will go through the gospel, and some here in their own blindness will get up and leave the service unsaved just like they came in. Blinded by sin, blinded by Satan, blinded by deceit, blinded by pride, blinded by religion, and get up, and they will, some of you who are unsaved, never been saved because you're still trusting in works, you've never repented, you've never taken the, the moment to submit yourself to God's righteousness, to repent of your sin, to humble yourself and trust Christ as your only Savior, you will get up, walk out the door in total darkness, go eat as if hell is not your destiny. Go spend the rest of your day with a smile on your face, looking forward to Christmas. You'll shake hands with other people on the way out the door and smile, but there's no way you can smile if you truly understand that hell, eternal fire, eternal punishment, eternal damnation, a way to a death, there's no way to smile if there's an understanding of those things. But there is a blindness that comes through Satan, through sin, through religion. It'll keep you from understanding the cross. Now, there's a third reason for blindness, and this is really what we want to speak about for just a moment this morning. Go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 3. Look what it says. But if our, what? The gospel be hid, it's hid to them which are lost. Whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds, which believe not, lest the what? Now why is this so cruel? Because it is the light. Now now Christ came and he is the light and we understand all that. And the Jews rejected him in person. But church, I I want to just park here for three minutes. This is Christmas and the Christmas season. And say, Pastor, I thought you were going to preach a Christmas message. That's exactly what I'm doing. The line of the glorious gospel arrived. And here's here's what it says in verse 6. For God who what? Commanded the light to shine out of darkness. Now, he did this in creation. He did this when he sent his son, but... We have to go back thousands of years in time to to pinpoint those moments. What about 2021, the light in 2021? Who's the light? What is the source of the light? It's the light of what? The knowledge of the glorious gospel. Now, let me ask you this. So man is walking in darkness. The light is the knowledge of the glorious gospel. And he says, if our light be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. I want you to imagine something for a moment. Can you, can you imagine eight billion people all crammed on the top of a mountain, all four sides are cliffs that drop off to a lake of fire. There's no light and all eight billion are stumbling and bumbling around. 
But there are millions that have a light on their person. Wouldn't you call it cruel for those not to turn on their light, keep others from falling off those cliffs? Wouldn't you call it extreme cruelty? Uh, Several weeks ago, I went to Colorado, climbed the steepest mountain I've ever climbed, and when we came back down that mountain, we started down that mountain. It was still light, barely light, but it was so steep. Uh, I'm carrying stuff, and I'm, I fell a dozen times because of the steepness and the obstacles in the path. And that was with the light. Uh, I have a very nice gun and a scope, and it's never been dropped. But that day, it hit the ground repeatedly, Ernest. Thankfully, never broke. Thankfully, my ankles didn't break or my knees didn't break. But when you're 50, you don't enjoy hitting the ground like kids do at 12 and 14. You've seen kids roll around, flip, jump up. Uh, Every time I fell to the ground, I was a little slower getting up than the previous time. But as we began to make it down, about the last last three-quarters of that trip down the mountain, it was dark. I didn't have a light, but Dave had a light, which meant we would have to walk very close together or I was in serious trouble. I would need a light. Now, Dave is a gazelle. I am a... Don't laugh. I'm not a gazelle, put it that way. I'm more bull than gazelle. So he's going to have to change his pace. He's going to have to make it his purpose. He's going to have to, through a great act of kindness, say, I want to make sure I maintain this pace so that way he has light so he doesn't bust himself up on this trek. Here's what Christians have done. We have a world that sits in total darkness, total blindness. Now, it's not permanent blindness. It can be fixed. They don't need a surgery. All they need is a light. The light is the knowledge. Now, how, church, in 2021, times have changed drastically. Most of them don't own a Bible. If they do own a Bible, it's the wrong version. It's a perversion. And if they do own one, they don't know what box or where it lies within the house. They couldn't locate it if you gave them 30 minutes in a search committee with the FBI. But it's there. Now, hold on for a second. So let's say they do have, let's say it's a big Bible sitting on the table in the living room in large print. Could they locate the gospel in that Bible? What about Acts? Understand, is that what thou readest? And he said, how can I accept some man should guide me. I I need someone to help shine the light. If our gospel is hid, it is hid to those that are lost. Now, here's what's incredible. Christians all across the world were complaining about the darkness, were complaining about the blindness. And this world only gets darker because there are fewer and fewer Christians with enough love and compassion to actually, I'm, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about a lost world. I'm not talking about an angry neighbor. I'm not talking about a coworker that you hate. I'm talking about Christians 
with a parent in darkness and they won't even turn on the light for a parent. I'm talking about a world in darkness, but Christians that won't even turn on the light for a brother or a sister or a close friend. Well, I grew up with him and we love each other and he already knows I'm a Christian. Well, have you ever shined the light of the glorious gospel? You, you know, we don't like the light's offensive in, in it. We know that it's going to be the same experience that you have with your kids at 530 in the morning when you go in and you flip on the light in their dark world and they're stumbling and covering their eyes and turn it back off. No, you need it. You need it on. You know what's happening in Christianity? The light's been turned off. We look at a world that is darker and darker. It is because, let me, let me ask you this. How far back would we have to go to find a time when you actually shined the, oh, I'm not talking about, well, you know, I put a Bible verse on my, on my uh, Facebook page. When's the last time, how far, not, not this week, last week or a month, how, how far back would we have to go before we actually found a moment when you took someone that's blind and in absolute darkness not permanently blind. They could see. They just didn't have a Christian to turn the lights on. Christians were living in cruel days because a Christianity, I heard a, a testimony of a famous magician not a, a month or so ago, an open and avid atheist, and he gave the testimony that some nut job an event, handed him a track and said, Mr. Penn, I'm a Christian. I'd like to tell you about Jesus. I know you're busy. I know you don't want to hear it, but at least here's a track that'll tell you about the love of God for your lost soul and point you to heaven. And when he gave that testimony, here's what he said. It didn't change me. It didn't change my mind. It didn't change my thinking. It changed nothing about me. But here's what I thought. If that man truly believes in a devil's hell and a lake of fire and a son of God that will save, and if he, he truly believed that and didn't give me a track, how cruel to believe it and do nothing about it. So because of that thought, I forgave him for giving me the track. You can't get any more powerful of a message than that. Christian, if our gospel be hid, we look at the world as if they were permanently, hopelessly blind. They're not. Their blindness is darkness and a veil. In the light of the glorious gospel, we'll get way past the darkness and way past the veil and a shine a light that brings renewed sight. Don't get angry with them. Don't get mad. That's all they know, that's all they've ever known, that's all they've ever lived is absolute darkness. If there's anything we get frustrated at, you know what it ought to be? I went a day and I had the light and I was in the midst of their darkness and I never ever even bothered to turn the light on. Let me ask you this, Christian. The simplicity of turning the, that's the simplicity of the gospel. Turn, if we believed in the light 
and we truly believe they weren't permanently blind. And we believe that the children of this kingdom shall be cast into what? They go from absolute darkness to utter darkness at death. So Christian, this morning, I'm just asking you, the day's short, the time is short, Christ is coming back. Why would any pastor have to motivate us to simply be a light? The darkness ought to motivate us to be a light.